Hello, you're listening to the inaugural podcast for supporters of Ansan Greeners Football Club in the K2. I'm Mike Brandon, long-time chair of Ansan Foreign Supporters Club, and today I'll be joined by James Walsh, Cal Gobbler and David Spears as we both preview the upcoming fixture in the opening uh, 2021 season in the K2 for Ansan, as well as reviewing and looking at the additions and challenges ahead for Ansan Greeners this year. So, hope you enjoy the podcast and let's get started with the first part. So, welcome to part one, where I'm joined by James Walsh, a columnist with K-League United and Kavan of the Taguk Warriors, and of course, a regular in Ansan Greeners media. How are you today, James? I'm good, Mike. How about yourself? I'm not bad, not bad. So, looking forward to another season in the K2? Yeah, fingers crossed for a better campaign from an Ansan perspective this year. Right. So, in this part, we are going to actually talk about, you know, a little bit about last season and also the incomings and outgoings from well, during the winter period. So, let's just start in 2020 then. Obviously, you know, not a normal year by any measure, but for Ansan, a seventh place finish. Is that a sign of regression from the 2019 playoff challenge or a sign of solidity for this still quite, you know, literally green side in the K2? Yeah, I think it represents a mediocre season overall last year. 13 losses and seven draws contributed to that finishing on only 28 points from 27 games. However, seventh overall, given how we started the season, was a acceptable finish. But if you look at the whole picture, we finished 10 points behind Jonam, who ended up in sixth position, and two points ahead of Buchon. So I'd say overall, it represents you know a steady first campaign under Kim Gilshik. But improvements to be made, certainly, particularly so, defensively. Right. So we're going to move on to departures in a little bit. And obviously, defensively, that's where Ansan have actually been weakened the most. But let's just start on a positive. Um, last season, um, Ansan Foreign Supporters did the annual poll on the, you know, for the player of the season. And um, che Gonju, you know, is only 21 years old. He came out on top, but um, and also the now departed Kim Taehyun was a was a runner-up. Who was a standout performer for you last season? Yeah, it was close between them two. Kim Taehyun stood out for me. He was a natural leader on the pitch. Also, Ian Jay, our captain for the past few seasons, who's now since departed for Seoul Land, he's going to be a massive loss. He was a rock at the back for a number of campaigns. But Canotto, the Brazilian, our attacking number 10, who joined in in mid-season, he impressed, even though he only got a goal and two assists in 12 appearances in the K2. He stood out. His overall play impressed me, caught the eye. So we'll be hoping for him to kick on. We did keep um, our top scorer from last season with, with um, okay, only five goals, but Kim Leon Do. But um, what 
perhaps impresses me a little bit about keeping hold of him is actually when you look at the um, the JG United top scorer from last season, they of course won the league. Um, he's scored 40 goals in over 220 games. And Kim Yon Do's record is 20 goals in 180 appearances. By K-League standards, it's actually you know, not bad for a K2 striker, really. You think he can actually push the double figures this season? I would hope so. If you look at the five goals he did score last season, two of them were braces, one against Eland away, arguably our best performance of last campaign. And the last game of the season against his former club, Buchon. But I do see building blocks. You could build around a player like Kim Riondo. He plays off the shoulder. Canotto can hopefully link up well with him, see a pass. He's got the eye for that. So I love how direct Kim Riondo is. I think he just needs to work on his finishing one-on-one to hopefully get into double figures this year. Right, so let's hope for that, especially with some um, reinforcements coming in that can hopefully support him. But let's just focus on, um, actually, in the winter last year, we actually pretty much lost most of the side. When we lost two-thirds of the 2019 season goals. It's not been so traumatic um, this time over, but we have lost our captain, Ian Jay, to Seoul Eland, and also one of our star performers, um, fullback there, Kim Tae-hyun, he's gone to Jeonnam. So you mentioned we need to improve the defence, but we've lost our two best defenders, I think. What's that going to mean for our new season? Well, I can obviously talk about the exodus and how that will have a damaging effect on the back line. I'd like to focus on the positives at the minute. We've got Yun Jae Min and Kim Min Ho at centre-back now that Ian Jay's departed. So hopefully they can forge a successful partnership. And also the goalkeeper situation needs to be determined, I think, early on this campaign in order to provide the defenders with that reassurance that they're going to have the same face behind them. Uh, it's going to be a shootout again between Lee Song that who now goes by the name Lee Sung-bin uh, and Kim Sun-woo. Lee Song, well, overall, in all competitions, there's one KFA Cup game in which he played in. He kept seven clean sheets in 18 games. Six in the league, one in the KFA Cup. But he also conceded 20 in 17 K-League 2 appearances last year. Whereas Kim Sun-woo actually has a similar record. Four clean sheets in 11 appearances in the second tier of Korean football. But he conceded 14 goals in that time. So... Similar seasons, and the age gap isn't too big either. Lee Sung-bin is 30, Kim Sun-woo is 27. I just think that we need to go with one first-choice goalie in between the sticks, just have that continuity to settle our back line, and hopefully that will bring and yield more clean slates at the back. Right, I think I'd agree. That's actually perhaps one of the key questions for this entire side. 
Because we know in 2019, Lee Song or now Lee Song Bin, he actually rotated exactly 50-50 with Wang In Jae, who um, effectively had a slightly better season, but then departed. And then, of course, as you said, Kim Sun Woo came in last season. But I think it's a little telling that um, the now Lee Song Bin, he did actually finish the season as, after I think we had a catastrophic collapse at was it Seoul Eland, um, and that was. And I wonder if that's going to be a sign. And Lee Sung Bin, he was the captain in um, 2019. So I wonder if it's going to be, we're going to go forward with him now because it's not just continuity at the back line. I think he represents a little bit of continuity with the side as a whole. So we'll be looking out for that anyway as a, as a key point. And hopefully or we'll see if we're going to go for a third season with rotator keepers um okay so what are the other big talking points coming up for this new season you think that we should focus well, it'll on? be interesting to see what the new faces are gonna do in terms of what they can bring and how they can contribute i look at players like kim dayol who's now 33 in the middle of the park and choi myungi who's 30 or so and I'm just wondering whether Go Oasey, the Japanese defensive midfielder that we've signed at 25, whether he can bring fresh legs and new impetus into our play in the midfield. But I'm also intrigued more so to see what we're going to do going forward. I know what we signed, Santiago, an Argentine striker, relatively unknown, not much information out there about him, 23 years of age. But we need to address the attacking problems that we suffered with last campaign. We were the lowest scorers in the league with just 18 goals in 27 games. So that needs to be addressed just as much as the defensive frailties at the back, in my opinion. Right. And actually, as we are recording, there is some breaking news. We've known this for quite some time now, but it's been officially confirmed that Asnawi Mangkualam, the um, Indonesian international fullback, who I think is going to slot into the Kim Taehyun's position, actually. Um, anyway, he's just been announced as an official Ansan player. Kim Gilshik said, you know, we've seen the... Um, We've become the most followed team on Instagram in the K2 now on the back of his signing with a lot of an Indonesian fan base. You know, Indonesia is a huge country in terms of its population. And of course, they have a quite fierce and passionate football um, rivalries in, in, in Indonesia itself. And of course, we've got a, a large, sizable Indonesian population in Ansan City itself. Um, so Kim Gilshik said he's not come just for that media attention and exposure, he's come to actually play and contribute to this Ansan side. What do you see for him? And, you know, Ansan as a, as a whole, with the signing of um, certainly the most famous and well-known player to ever probably come to uh, Ansan internationally. It's exciting, certainly, in terms of the attention that it's attracted and will continue to do so. I mean, at 21, he's still got years ahead of him. And I was reading up about his background. He's actually 
being capped at international level for his country, for the senior team, albeit in a friendly, in a 3-1 defeat against Myanmar as a substitute. But still impressive. That was back in 2017, which I'm guessing would have made him around 17 years of age. So that's testament to the level he was at as a team. But as Kim Gilshik has alluded to earlier this week, He's not being signed just to sell shirts and just to get you know, foreign fans into the stadium. He actually sees a player there. And there is a void at right back with Kim Taehyun departing for the Dragons. So he'll be looking to fill that and plug that hole immediately. And let's hope that Asnawi can also offer something going forward on that right-hand side flank as well. Excellent. So we're certainly hoping for big things from him. And let's actually conclude this section by you know, looking into our crystal balls and attaching a prediction to, that we can uh, return to at the end of the season. So where do you see where do you see Ansan finishing up the season? What should be the target and what's your actual hope? I go into every season with a glass half full mentality and outlook so I believe they should be aspiring to finish in a playoff position however you know a lot of teams in the off season have added some real quality Gyeongnam in particular so it's going to be a tough ask but I think we should be aiming to finish around fourth and we continue, we continue to be linked with attacking players like Robson, Duati, ex Guangzhou, Seoul Eland, Star. So I'm hoping we'll get some, well, at least one more new face in before the end of the season to help bolster our forward ranks. Because one thing is for sure, we're going to have to start finding the back of the net to stand any chance of being in contention for those playoff spots. Particularly if Ian J, as we predict, is going to be sorely missed. So it may be a case that we'll have to outscore teams in order to get points on the board. But I think aiming for fourth should be the priority. If we were to finish sixth, that would still represent a good season, in my opinion. But that would be definitely glass half empty. <laughs> so, in fact, fours would be, of course, a really good finish, I think. I think I'm going to nail my, my colours to the master of sixth place. I think that would represent a little bit of progress. But in 2019, we didn't know about Masatoshi and Vintichenko and several other players also had breakout seasons and then departed, unfortunately, as a result. But, you know, if some of these new signings can actually hit the ground running and we can build on last season, then there is that possibility. But I'm going to I'm gonna say six is a good, a reasonable target still at this stage for Ansan. But we'll see. I'm just, I'm always a, a little bit glass half empty. I apologize. But there we go. And, of course, we had an announcement as well. Um, 
earlier in the week that the stadium should actually be open for the opening game of the season. So hopefully we'll see you there and um, on Saturday week, I guess, against Gimchon. Yeah, I mean, that would be great news for the, not just for the football fans, but the country as a whole, just to see some normality returning. Right. But okay. as I say, there's a long time between now and the first game of the season, so I'll be crossing everything until then. That is certainly true if the, uh, if the post-Solnow um, cases do keep rising as they, they appear to be. But, you know, fingers crossed and let's hope that we got some positive news um, in you know, when it comes to that opening day of the season. So I'm going to say thanks, James, for tuning in and... Good luck with the season. Okay, welcome to part two. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Kyle Gobbler, who is part of the um, Georgia division of Ansan Foreign Supporters Club over in the US, spreading the good word there. How are you today, Kyle? Good. It's a good evening here. How are you guys doing? <laughs> so actually, you're in the past, right? It's actually Thursday where you are, where we're recording. On yeah, this yeah, Friday. 9 p.m. Thursday. And uh, I'm also joined by David Spears, who is probably one of the, if not the Ansan veteran in Korea, given that he's the only person I've met who saw an Ansan foot professional club play in 2007. How are you today, sir? Yeah, I'm doing well too. I'm enjoying my last days of freedom, just like yourself. <laughs> Great. So in this second part, we're going to actually focus on this opening game of the season, which is coming up, where Ansan are going to be playing uh, Gimchon Sangmu. So this is a new, in some ways, it feels like it's a new team in the K2, but it's not exactly a new franchise. So, of course, we don't have any experience with, obviously, aside from Gimchon before, but we do have some experience with the side that Gimchon represent, and the clue is in the name Sangmu. So I'm going to pass that over to David. Can you actually tell us a little bit about what Ansan are going to be coming up against in the opening weekend? So um, it's a very experienced team. Um, Gimchon Sangmu is actually the military team. Um, as most people will know, everyone in Korea or every male in Korea have to do military service for about 18 months to two years. And for football players, they're desperate to get into this team. It's a chance to do their military service while playing football at the same time. So Sunmo have been the military team. They've been in the K-League um, pretty much from the beginning. Um, they started off um, just being the military team but not actually having a home. They then moved to Guangzhou, which was very controversial with Guangzhou's history um, with the military. Uh, they were there for around 10 years. Then they moved to Sangju. Um, and again, similarly, they were there for a few years and now this is going to be their first year in Gimchon. So obviously as the military team, as you said, that it's, it's an experienced team. It's almost like oxymoronic that a new team is so experienced, so to speak. But um, yeah, they do have some big stars in there. So, I mean, I've, I've been looking down a few, the, the, the roster of some of these players they've got hold of. Um, who stands out for you in this uh, Gimchan team? Um, I think a couple of names really sort of jump out. Um, La, um, last season, we have um, Jong Sung Hyun, 
who was playing for Ulsan, won the Champions League. And now, straight away, he's going into his military service and he's going to be playing in the K2. So that's a, a real jump from the Asian Champions League final winner to playing Ansan in the first game of the K2. Um, the other players that jump out tend to be uh, mostly defenders, which I think is going to be interesting. Um, Sungju, I'm uh, sorry, Sungju last season, Kim Chun this season, seemed to have a really strong defense, which of course would be great for K1. For K2, where they're going to be one of the favorites, um, be interesting to see how that works out for them, but I, I expect them to be very solid. Um, the other name was uh, Kwon Kyungwon, who was actually made K-League best 11. He's a defender, defensive midfielder, so very strong defensively, I think. Well, with uh, Ansan's goal-scoring record last season, that does not make for good news. So I think this might actually be, it's, it's clearly the most valuable squad in the K2 on paper. But given that this team is a, it's a continuation of, um, of the same franchise that was playing last season in the K1, so why have they actually come down to the K2 then? since they actually had possibly their best ever season last season in the K-League. They did. Um, they did have their best ever season. They finished fourth. And um, simply, it's the relocation that has meant that they've gone into K2. Um, the K-League have decided that they don't want teams moving around. Um, so simply because they're moving city, they're effectively dissolving and then starting up again as a new team. So Kim Chon san But it will be the same squad as much as the military team ever has the same squad with its turnover over 18 months or of new players coming in every time. So Ansan do know a little bit about these type of teams, of course, because in the season that the an Ansan side managed to win the league, it was, of course, the police equivalent of this team, which has, of course, since um, ceased to be in existence. Um, but am I right in thinking that this team can actually be promoted back to the K1 if they succeed this year? As far as I'm aware, yes, there's nothing to stop them moving back into K1. Um, like I said, as far as I'm aware, they were relegated because of their, their relocation. Um, they can't make the Asian Champions League. Um, of course, finishing fourth would have actually have got them that place. And that's something that they're not able to do simply because all their players are effectively loan players. Um, but there's no reason, as far as I'm aware, why they, can, why they cannot go back up to K1 and they, they probably start as favourites, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Right. So there are, of course, some controversies around this type of team as well, as we experienced as uh, Ansan fans, actually, with the, um, the police team, the Mugungwa team. Uh, one, for part of the season, they were kind of disjointed and dreadful. And then for other parts of the season, they were world beaters. Do you think this gives the league a bit of an imbalance? Because if you're going for a playoff run-in and you happen to play this type of team then, it seems unfair if you happen to catch them at a different time. Do you think that has a negative overall effect on the league? Um, a little bit, but I don't think it's too much of an imbalance. You're always going to get teams that run into form um, and have a bad run of form as well. So I don't think it really compromises the integrity of the league at all. Right, okay, same same variable but different factors that we need to keep in mind. The main thing is, of course, what we think is going to happen in this opening weekend. Um, when the fixes were drawn, my first thought was, 
excellent, we've got the new team. And then, of course, you go, hang on, when you look deeper, there's an extra, it's not just Kim Chan, it's Kim Chan Sangmo. Uh-oh. So let's move on and actually start looking at what we think is going to happen in that opening match. So, Kyle, how do you see Ansan's opening game going against this Kim Chan side? Yeah, you have the mentality of, oh, new team, but then you're kind of quickly hit with the realization that, hey, this is essentially a K1 team. Um, it's it's just stacked uh, from top to bottom compared to, well, us and many other teams. Um, I should also get this skeleton out of my closet. I am a former member of the uh, Songju Weiguk Phoenix Army. Uh, I used to live near Songju, the 2010 and 2011 seasons. Those were my first uh, experiences for the uh, previous Songju, uh, Songju team uh, before their move to Gimshot. But uh, fully committed to, to Ansan, obviously now. But um, but it's interesting, as you mentioned, the squad turnover, that, that's always been a, a thing that I think was a fun quirk of, of K-League soccer that I, you don't see in most countries. But to digress from that point. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't feel super hopeful of us getting um, three points, much less one in this first game. But I am way more excited to see who of these new signings actually get um, in the, the match squad for us. Um, got a few guys that I think might make an instant impact. Um, for example, Lee Sengmin from Suwon Blooms. Um, he didn't get much time in with Suwon, obviously, last year. Um, but I've seen him kind of here and there over the years, and, and I think he might be a perfect K2 player um, over the next couple of years. Don't know how long we'll hang into him. Um, but I definitely hope to see him get in because I think our midfield was kind of dreadful at times. Um, but the biggest point is I don't know who's going to play. That was a big part of last year. Our squad selection was kind of all over the place. Um, you'd see guys come in and, and have a great game and then not play for a month. Um, so I don't know how well we're going to match up because I really, uh, first game of the season, it, it's very hard to call with um, judging off of just last year's squad selection. Um, I will probably assume that in goal we'll have the newly named Lee Sung Bin, um, <laughs> which, is, which is interesting. But um, I kind of felt over the last year or so that he was probably our strongest keeper. And I believe, if my memory is searching right, he kind of started the last few games to close out last year as well. That's right. Um, I'm, I'm not gutsy enough to make an actual um, score prediction on this one, but uh, I, I would say we're going to be one or two under <laughs> in the goals category. The two teams do present a little bit of a, what might be a bit of a contrast because Unlike um, last winter, the 2020 winter, the, where there was the mass Ansan exodus, and that was a, a really strong green aside. Um, this time, okay, we've lost our captain and we've lost our right back, but we have reinforced in those areas at the same time. And there's a bit of consistency in that squad now. So one, one, you know, we kept at least one of our import players in Anderson Kanhoto from last season, and he did look lively. And as you mentioned, there's a few players who have come, you know, particularly, you mentioned, we brought in players from Suwon Blue Wings who um, who probably are just looking to find out. Some players just ex excel at, at different levels, it seems. And maybe we'll actually really get a tune out of him. But in, many, in other ways, we are, of course, you know, still 
as you mentioned, we don't actually know what the, we can't easily predict the first 11 for this Ansan team. I can probably pick out five or six who will definitely start. But other than that, even the goalkeeper, again, is a question mark. We think we know who will be the goalkeeper, but a side which can't name it doesn't have a clear first choice goalkeeper. It's always going to be problematic. So I think with that uncertainty, one of the advantages of playing uh, the, Sang, you know, the Sangmu side is they have their own turbulence but you know you need to meet your you need to meet that turbulence with your own level of consistency so aside taking on a sangmu side you know they need consistency ansan don't have that consistency in the squad selection and i think that's really going to be what hurts ansan in this opening uh, match but we'll see but you know i'm, I'm going to be pragmatic and say um you know, we might go down two or three, three nil here, given our strike rate last season. But you know, the optimist says we'll we'll nip nick a two on win somehow. Um, with details, of course, pending. How about how about yourself, uh, Mr. Spears? Any thoughts about um, where Ansan are going to come out of the this opening weekend? Are they going to be rooted to the bottom of the table, or are they going to come away with a pleasant point or three? You've got to be optimistic at the start of the season, but I think a point would definitely be a good result. Keep it close, keep it tight. You never know. I'll go one each. Okay, so we've gone for um, we've gone for two defeats and a possible point. So uh, <laughs> I know who I hope is correct in this discussion. So I'm just going to wrap up there. Um, so obviously, at the moment, the stadiums are due to be open on that opening weekend. Um, and of course, there's a bit of interest in Ansan because, of course, our Indonesian import, uh, As Asnawi, um, that's the name is going on the back of this shirt. Um, so that's the name I'm going to stick with pronouncing for the rest of the season. Um, so there should be some excitement around Ansan. We do, of course, have a bit of a problem with the post now case rise, but, you know, Korea has been quite good at managing this. And one of the best, a K-League stadium, Ansan were excellent last season. Really, I thought, fantastic. As far as I've seen, that's echoed all around the league. It's a lot safer than going to going to a supermarket, I think, going to the football match. So I hope that, you know, the games stay open. We've got things to focus on. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll see you at the stadium, except for you, Kyle. It's going to be, what, a 3, 4 a.m. kickoff or something where you are? I'll, I'll be up. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you know, the K-League generally offers uh, streams for all the matches live, which is, of course, excellent for anyone who wants to see those matches. So... Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, David, for joining us today. Thank you. Pleasure. And say, come on, Ansan. Let's hope for a, a brighter 2021 compared to 2020. See you later, lads. Yeah. Thanks. So thanks for tuning in to this historic podcast dedicated to a K2 team in Ansan, Greeners. Now, before I... Uh, wrap up the edit for this there was some breaking news and that uh, we talked a lot about the new indonesian signing uh, as and the impact we think he'll have well he will not be featuring in the opening day because unfortunately he visited a restaurant in ansan and uh, another a customer at the, the restaurant at the time uh, they were consequently um, tested positive for covid so the club had decided to put him in a two-week quarantine 
so he won't be training with the squad even though he has tested negative it's a reminder um, for all of us that actually any of us can actually be carrying uh, this disease and um, we need to be vigilant but we also need to support each other because you know this can unfortunately happen and you can unfortunately pass this virus on without even intending to so stay safe good luck out there and thanks for tuning in and i look forward to seeing you again take care